Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tea and Terror podcast. I am your host, Pia Reed. Tonight, I will be reading The Oval Frame by Edgar Allan Poe. This is one of my personal favorite pieces of literature written by Poe. I hope you enjoy tonight's narration of the story. If you make it through the entire episode and you like what you heard tonight and you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, then please share the Tea interior podcast with others and add it to your playlist if you are listening from my wicked majesty youtube channel please hit that like button and subscribe to my channel thank you all so much now on with the story the chateau in which my valet had ventured to make forcible entrance rather than permit me into my desperately wounded condition to pass at night in the open air was one of those piles of commingled gloom and grandeur which have long, so long frowned upon frowned among the Apennines, not less in fact in the fancy of Mrs. Radcliffe. To all appearance it had been temporarily and very lately abandoned. We established ourselves in one of the smallest and least sumptuously furnished apartments. It lay in a remote turret turret of the building. Its decorations were rich yet tattered and antique. Its walls were hung with tapestry and bedecked with manifold and multiform armoral trophies, together with an unusually great number of very spirited modern paintings in frames of rich golden arabesque. <clears throat> in these paintings, which depended from wall, from the walls not only in their main surfaces but in very many nooks in which the bizarre architecture of the chateau rendered necessary in these paintings by incipient delirium perhaps had caused me to take deep interest so that i could bade pedro to close Closed the heavy shutters of the room since it was already night to light the tongues of the tall candelabrum which stood by the head of the of my bed and to throw open far and wide the fringed curtains of black velvet which enveloped the bed itself I wished all this done that I might resign myself, if not to sleep, at least alternately to contemplation of these pictures and the perusal of a small volume which had been found upon the pillow and which purported to criticize and describe them. Long long I read, and devoutly, devotedly I gazed, 
rapidly and gloriously the hours flew the hours flew by and the deep midnight came the position of the candelabrum dis displeased me and outreached my hand with difficulty rather than disturb my slumbering valet I placed it so as to throw its rays more fully upon the upon the book but the action produced an, an effect altogether unanticipated the rays of the numerous candles for there were many now fell with a niche of the room which had hitherto be thrown into deep shade by one of the bedposts. I thus saw in, in I thus saw in vivid light a picture all unnoticed before. It was the portrait of a young girl just ripening into womanhood. I glanced at the painting hurriedly and then closed my eyes. While I did this was not at all first apparent even to my own perception. But while my lids remained thus shut, I ran over in my mind my reason for shutting them. It was an impulsive movement to gain, to gain time for thought. To make sure that my vision had not deceived me, to calm and subdue my fancy for more somber and more certain gaze. In a few moments, I again looked fixedly at the painting that now I saw aright. I could not and would not doubt. For the first flashing of the candles upon the canvas had seemed to dissipate the dreamy stupor which was stealing over my senses and to startle me at once in waking life. The portrait had, I have already said was that of a young girl. It was a mere head and shoulders done in what was technically termed a visionette manner much in style in the style of the favorite heads of Sully the arms the bosom and even the ends of the radiant hair melted imperceptibly into the vague yet deep shadow which more which formed the background of the whole. The frame was oval, richly gilded, and flagreed in moresque. As a thing of art, nothing could be more admirable than the painting itself, but it could have been neither the execution of the work nor the immortal, immortal beauty of the countenance, which had so suddenly and so vehemently, vehemently, vehemently 
moved me. Least of all, could it have been that my fancy, shaken from its half slumber, had mistaken the head for that of a living person? I saw at once that the, that the peculiarity of the design of the vignette netting and of the frame must have instantly dispelled such idea must have prevented it even must have prevented even its momentary in entertainment thinking earnestly upon these points i remained for an hour perhaps half sitting half reclining with my vision riveted by the portrait. At length, satisfied with the true secret of its effect, I fell back within the bed. I had found the spell of the picture in an, in an absolute lifelike-likeliness like, of expression which at first startling, finally confounded, subdued, and appalled me. With deep and reverent awe, I replaced the candelabrum in its form position. The cause of my deep agitation being thus shut from, the view, from view, I sought eagerly the volume which discussed the paintings and their histories, turning, the num turning to the number which designated the oval portrait, <clears throat> which designated the oval portrait, I there read the vague and quaint, and quaint words which follow. She was a maiden of rarest, of rarest beauty and not more lovely than the full of glee and evil was the hour when she saw and loved and wed wedded the painter he passionate studious austere and having already a bride in his art she a maiden of rarest beauty and not more lovely than full glee, all light and smiles, and fr frolicsome as the as the young fawn, loving and cherishing all things, hating only the art which was her was which was her rival. Dreading only the palette and brushes and other untoward instruments which deprived her of her countenance of which deprived her of the countenance of her lover. It was thus a terrible thing for this lady to hear the painter speak of his desire to portray even his young bride but she was humble and obedient and sat meekly for many weeks in the dark 
high turret chamber where the light dripped upon the pale canvas only from overhead. But he, the painter, took glory in his work, which went on from hour to hour and from day to day. And he was passionate and wild and moody man who became lost in reveries so that he would not see the light which fell so ghastly in the lone turret withered the health and the spirits of his bride who pined visibly to all but him. Yet she smiled on and still on uncomplainingly because she saw that the painter who had high renown took fevered <coughs> fervid that took a fevered fervid took a fervid and burning pleasure in his task and wrought day and night to dis to depict her to depict her who so loving who so loved him yet who grew daily more dispirited and weak and in sooth some who be, beheld the portrait spoke of its resemblance in low words as of a mighty marvel and a proof not less of the power of the painter than of his deep love for her whom he depicted so surpassingly well. But at length, as the labor drew near to conclusion, but at length, as the labor drew near to conclusion, there were admitted none into the turret, for the painter had grown wild with the art, with the adore of his work and turned his eyes from the canvas merely even to regard the countess of his wife and he would not see that the tints which he spread upon the canvas were drawn from the cheeks of her who, who sat beside him and when many weeks bad passed and but little remained to do save one save one brush upon the mouth and one tint upon the eye the spirit of the lady again flickered up like the flame within the socket of the lamp and then the brush was given and then the tent was placed and for a moment the painter stood entranced before the work which he had wrought but in the next while he yet gazed he grew tremulous and very pallid and august and cried with a loud voice this is indeed life itself turned suddenly to regard his beloved she was dead
Well, that is our episode for the week. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more episodes coming up in the future, then definitely add the Tea and Terror to your playlist on Spotify or Apple Podcast. You can also check out the show on my Wicked Majesty channel. This is Kia, and I will catch you next week. Same time, same place. Have a good night.